Hello, peoples. It is back. We are back. Welcome to episode three of Living Nuance, my peoples. We are going to be unpacking intimacy, friendship, and relationships. Three ooey gooey topics. Um, more specifically, the idea that we're in a current culture where we love over romanticizing relationships and I think we're undervaluing intimacy and finding intimacy specifically in friendships so I'm sure you're listening and going thoughts 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 a lot of nuance so we'll Ah. just a scrape don't expect all of it I know it's a mountain here's for first chapter of it by the way peoples I'm Jasmine if you forget or don't remember or meeting hearing us for the first time and who are you I'm Valerie. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, should I say Val? That's so meadow. No, it's a, uh, you know, everybody, uh, people go back and forth so much, whether they want to call me like Val or Valerie, but yeah. I always introduce myself as like Valerie. And then I give people the option. You can call me Val. You can call me Valerie. I have some friends that call me V. Um, v. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it's a dealer's choice. With dealer's choice. For the listeners out there, I um am feeling a little under the weather. Um, so um if I sound congested or phlegmy, it's just that I'm an LA girl that doesn't know how to exist in conditions beneath 75 degrees. <laughs> so we were just unpacking. I was like, I'm from LA, but I surprisingly can handle Chicago lasting cold more than the locals here sometimes. Yeah, definitely would never be me. I can't even do an LA winter. But anyway. But <laughs> we have some thoughts. And I think mm-hmm. first one we wanted to unpack was the idea of where we currently are in specifically American culture when it comes to intimacy. I think we've come, become so hyper fixated on results and productivity and success that we don't understand baseline what is intimacy and humanity looks like i think we're so much trying to catch success you know who's the best who's the worst what status are you how much money do you make which is you know innately very american culture but the consequence of being in this kind of western society and specifically american culture who thrives off of that there's so many people that are so lonely so lonely (laughs) and you know, hyper independent to a fault. It's I work mm. on my bootstraps. I've did it all by myself. You know, built my whole business. I'm like, okay, let's be real. Side note, you had a whole bunch of people you had to connect with, build with resources. You have a team under you. It's not just you, boo boo. Right? You hired these fuckers in. There's literally no such thing as self made. Like right. every, you, there's at least one person in your life. Right. Who helped get you where you are in in an emotional way, in a financial way, and in, in in a right. some type of support, right? That you know, not no such thing as self, but that's the you know that but that but that also kind of this self made culture also kind of is that a product of this hyper individualism that you're critiquing in our society, right? right. Is like we are everybody is so fixated on like I mean self-made billionaires self-made millionaires self-made entrepreneurs self-made this self-made that and it's like it isolates us and even because we're saying this 
quote unquote self-made isn't even like a real thing. It also erases like communities and it erases like support systems and networks and like all these people who helped you get to where you are these people that you could be really building stronger bonds with and building things together with more overtly you know by like you abandoning this idea of like hyper individualism and like I have to be self-made like yeah yeah I think at the core of it I feel like we we love priority we love romanticizing the status and I'm better than you because I have more status status than you. Mm. And I don't, I, to add Power nuance thing. to it, I understand to a certain point when they say the idea of self-made X business, whatever it is, right? But I think you need to be more clear about what that really means. There's, there is a part of you that's manifested it. There's a self-manifestation that happened to it where you, you, you did the work, the connections, put in the hard work and the hours, built your resources, whatever it is, to get to the point you have, right? There is a skill and an intention and a discipline and a consistency that comes with that. Kudos to you. But I think to discount any of the work that comes with it, it's, it robs you of of tapping into your heart and really appreciating people and recognizing people and so then we become little islands of self-made whatever or even if you want to be interdependent you don't know where and how because there's no there's very there's not many structures to sustain that right and that's in the workplace but if you shift it into you know friendship place everyone's so used to doing their own thing that you see friendships almost like projects. This is my friend that I go to when I'm bored. This is the friend I go to when I need to, to feel validated about something I'm going through. This is the friend I go to when I need career advice. This is the friend, blah, blah, blah. Which is not to say that's wrong innately, but there is, it, it, it becomes a transactional relationship because you're, you, you, are programming your mind for some people to be hyper, you know, to, to rely on yourself only. You don't know how to connect with people innately. I do think that we have begun to make relationships transactional and like, what can you do for me? And, and I do think, uh, I don't want to blame LinkedIn, but there's definitely like, it, it feels like reality is almost becoming like LinkedIn. Like, you know, you, you, you're trying to like get something out of people for your own advancement, whatever that sector of your life you want that advancement in. However, truthfully, I feel very privileged that I don't really have any relationships like that in my life because I, I, I mean, the reason we're talking about this, right. Is because like yeah. we both are, are really, we, we, we are very intentional in our friendships. So I, I, I wish that I could like expand on this, but I don't even have the lived experience to because mm. that's just so far from how I view friendship. Like community is so important to me and fr- my friendships, my entire life have always been something so treasured Yeah, to me that I, I, I can never imagine. Like, I, I don't know. I just, 
I feel very privileged and blessed. And, yeah. and maybe part of that is my own intentionality with it. Mm-hmm. Is that like, that's just not my lived experience with this. Yeah. Like, I, I, I will say, I, I will not deny that sometimes I do give into this hyper-independent uh, culture, right? Because like being a young professional, I think we all kind of have in some ways, maybe some more than others slipped into that. Don't mm-hmm. get me wrong. Like I've been there, but I am very grateful that I've never really been the kind of person that has felt like I'm in like a forced friendship or like a transactional friendship. Um, because that's just not right. Not who I am. Something I've noticed about you is that you are very particular about who you become friends with. Like you're, you have, how to explain this, like an onion, high onion. Mm -hmm. I feel like your onion is like two layered acquaintances and close friends (laughs) you're you're like in between is very small you're very like i fuck with you and we're gonna be friends close friends or it's great seeing you i'll catch you up in six months i don't really know too much about you but we have a good time that i think that was me as a kid is that well is that correct you pretty accurate you would say yeah i i I think for the most part that is kind of the two buckets that people land in for me. However, I I mean, in college, especially, there were a lot of people who kind of were in between those two layers. It's like, we're in the same organization or like we're close (laughs) enough. But like now that I'm not in college and also like I work by myself, like I don't have like coworkers. I, um, but I do have like, my friends have friends that I'm like, I'm not like buddy, buddy, buddy with you, but like we have each other on Instagram and we have each other here and and, like we respond to each other and like we, we we're on each other's close friends list and we like interact in that way. And it's like, and, and and so I, maybe like, I'm not sharing like my deepest, darkest traumas with you, but like, you do know me a little bit more below the surface than most people. So I I think casual friends, casual, good friends. Yeah, I I have. I have a very limited amount of casual <laughs> friends. Limited to ask everybody. You're definitely, you're definitely right that I, with me, it's either we're acquaintances or we're like absolute besties. I'm sending you my nudes or yeah. like. Oh. <laughs> I'm waiting for your nude then, Valerie. <laughs> I my mouth I've never been nude with a friend before. I don't even know why that came out of my mouth. Um, I think I was just trying to express like that, that sense of intimacy, like that sense of comfort. Like I probably would. Yeah. I probably would, you know, um, and then the middle, I, I feel like now it's like, I, I do have maybe like, I don't think I have room in my life for more than 20, like, yeah, casual friends. Like, that's like my absolute, like, I could not have, like, yeah. I'd be like too overwhelmed. I'm not, I'm not that kind of person. So fascinating. I, so I, I, I was like you when I was young, I think I was so extreme. Like I wanted intimacy and vulnerability and closeness and I was a really good friend and I had cool friends around me but it was a very small circle like I think I was also much more guarded and private so I wasn't willing to just openly share my life and and be like jumping off the wall social when I was younger and then I realized by college years I was like oh my god I need to like learn how to widen my circle or or be a little more relaxed with how I make friends because then it becomes such a small circle that I've had a a few close friends that didn't work out we got distant or we just grew out of of, out of each other by you know 
middle school, high school years that I was like, okay, college years, let me learn to like lower, not lower my standard, but like widen my, my net of expectations or lower my expectations pretty much. Um, but then it got, it, but it went through kind of phases where I would make quote unquote close friends and they, we, we were close, but I never felt fully in, I, I never felt like I could be fully intimate and safe with you. And not that you were actively doing stuff to make me not feel safe, but like you didn't know how to tap into it. It will be like layer one of intimacy and safety. So our, our ceiling of bonding can only go so far. Um, and I'm, I'm, you know, by the end of my college years and like a little bit post-college years, I had to reflect and go, am I really happy with you? Like, am I really myself with you? I feel like I'm molding and shifting myself to accommodate this, this muddled version of intimacy. Like, not that it's not intimate, but your idea of what is deep intimacy is still layered to like level two when there's eight levels to unpack. And I've already gone to level six, seven in my childhood, but I suppressed that part of me thinking, oh, most people don't want that or, or that's too much for people. I have to like shrink myself to this certain level to match the, the general vibe and expectations of friendships in college. And then it took post-college to where I am now to be like, okay, I'm in an age bracket now where I get to meet people as people versus what year are you? What grade are you? You know, it's just human. You could be how old or how young. And I think that's where I really have found my crowd of, of true intimacy where it's like, this is what support and friendship looks like. This is what acts of service and, and gift and, you know, emotional support joy looks like in a very deep way that honestly in like the last year that I felt I was like wow like I I haven't felt that that depth that's outside of romantic dynamics since childhood and I got to feel that ooey gooey warm feeling that I would feel relationships with my friends but in a platonic way Hmm. Yeah, I I kind of want to backtrack. I did not mean to to make it seem like I view these relationships so black and white. Maybe that was like an over exaggeration. I I do have like casual friendships in my life and I do cherish those. But I think just like it's not so much you know, your experience you're talking about how the other people couldn't give you <clears throat> the kind of intimacy that you wanted. For me, I've never really had that problem uh, because I'm very open as a person. And I feel like just, I ask when I, I'm just not very good at small talk. Like I feel like when I talk to people, I'm always like trying to understand them better. And so it always just kind of leads to these like really sweet conversations where I walk mm -hmm. away feeling like I made a genuine human connection. It's definitely not that black and white. Yeah. Um, but I, I guess the reason that I, I guess, position myself like that is because I do think I have more close friends in my life than anything else. Um, but it's just because some context, I've, my main friend group, it's like literally like 13 of us. It's, a, um, 
Well, like when you include like their partners and everything, it kind of like rounds out to around like 14. That's the real people. All the you know, plus so, ones in my life. Yeah, all the plus ones. It's like, it's like 14 of us. Um, well, you can go up too. Fuck it. Some of them, some of them I known for how long ago was 2009? Math. 14? I, 14 years. Some of them I've known for Jeez, like 14 years. When you're years. trying to lose basic arithmetic skills, it's, it's a little saddening. <laughs> Uh, bold of you to assume I ever had them. Um, <laughs> who knows? Um, I've, I mean, my best friend, we've been friends for 14 years. Uh, another one of my really close friends, we've been friends for 12. A lot of my friends I've been friends with for like somewhere between eight to 10 years, if not more. I have friends, Jasmine, that maybe I don't talk to them. Maybe even on a monthly basis, we talk like every like four months but when those four months right. come around, we pick up right where we left off and it's just as deep of a connection. Right. Maybe those people would fall into that like more casual friendship because like I don't keep up with their lives like that. I don't know who they're dating. I don't really know what they're doing for work. I don't, you know, like I like yeah. the, the details are moved. But once we link up, it's like this comfort, this yeah. safety. And like, I can really be myself around you. Yeah. And sure, I have to catch you up on like six months of my life, but it's- those it's the connection sometimes too though we're talking about connection right yeah. and like I think it's very easy for me to build that kind of connection with people I don't know if it's just the kind of people that I attract in my life but I don't I know that all of my casual friends I could very easily like still open up to them and be vulnerable in this and like yeah. it would be well received and like it would probably be like a mutual sharing yeah. and and you know so I'm really like I'm so I guess I just I just I, I guess I'm just lucky because like that whole that experience yeah. you were sharing of like people couldn't meet me where I wanted them to meet me and you're like you're you're like it took for me to be in my adulthood and to meet people outside of like in just like the real world and not like in a college setting for well, me to find that let me add more context and that okay. can go into our next topic that was actually another point I wanted to bring up was it's not that I lacked connection or intimacy, actually. Now that I'm trying to find it better. It's that my standard of friendships was lower in college. And it mm. took being that position going, I have close friends around me and I have friendships of some level of intimacy. I just don't think it's reaching the standard that I have in a friend. And what mm. I mean by that is you can have intimate moments and deep moments with people right and I easily came across that like you and I are both are naturally very vulnerable people I easily met a fuck ton of people like that in college left and right vomits here and there trauma bonding damn near you know so it's there but our maintenance of our friendship was poor you don't know how to actively show appreciation for me verbally gift service all the love languages quality if anything was like quality time but after a certain point it's like okay when I'm in need do you know how to support me this is what I mean by intimacy is is we take friendships for granted sometimes it's needed in relationships and we see it as oh when I'm in a relationship I need to show appreciation I might not know how but at a high level I understand that and we hyper fixate on what that looks like to show appreciation or, or try to learn that, right? It's a very mainstream understanding. Show appreciation to your partner, whether you know how mm -hmm. to do it or not. Yeah. In friendships, I feel like that conversation isn't happening enough. 
it's it's mm. it, it gets tied a lot to who can entertain me who can uh, help me escape my loneliness for the night who can cure my boredom for the night who can intellectually stimulate me for the night so it, it becomes about these purpose these people are providing multiple moments of feeding your needs versus an actual deep intimate relationship with you here's a through line of how much you need to me where you're pouring into each other's cups right it's a place yeah. of servitude and giving to each other in the same way that you do in a relationship it's just yeah. platonic i see what you're saying now and so that i didn't i think i lowered my standard with that because i had that in my childhood but we just grew out of each other and i thought okay i think i'm too much for people let me lower it. Or I'm, when I do it to people, people don't know how to reciprocate it. Or they think I'm too, I'm asking for something they're not ready to give into. And so mm -hmm. I had to make a decision subconsciously in college is I either keep the standard and have Daniel no friends because nobody knows how to reciprocate that shit or understand how to or can have that conversation too. Right. Everything is just let's go to a party. Let's vibe. Let me trauma vomit at you. Thanks. There is a certain like, let me be there for you. But it's 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 still a there's a ceiling to it. It took. Like an example I have with a close friend or, you know, friend I've been I've been. We hit it off like really quick early on day one. You know, it's only like second time we're hanging out and she had a flake on me last minute for a hangout when we were already in person and she had to leave like blunt, like abruptly to finish like some job related, work related stuff and messaged me and go, Hey, I will, I'm going to treat you to lunch. Like, I, I'm so sorry. I didn't, I didn't figure out my schedule right enough to like coordinate off. Let me treat you. And it was a moment of that. Just like, wow, this, this is what like real high quality, thoughtful, intentional friendships can are can be like that most of us don't fully know how to appreciate that it's it's there's still a courtship that comes with friendship and so a lot of people call me an aggressive i think i think going through these arcs and realizing like what is a quality friendship and not a quality friendship and and going through phases in my life where i felt lonely even though i had people around me and especially me in the dance world I have a fuck ton of casual good friends because that's just, you're just constantly meeting people. You're going to re-see the same people. So my onion is more layered than maybe your lifestyle would, <clears throat> but I, but I still go through phases of loneliness where it's like, okay, we're, we'll have intimate moments, but like, who's really there to be your tribe. And I think losing that access or relationship to having it now, now I'm very, what people call me apparently, an aggressive friender. Not aggressive person, an aggressive friender. <laughs> so at this point, I'm like, if I think you're cool, I'm like, you're cool. We should hang. What do you do? This is fascinating. Why is it like this? Like two, two steps away from damn near inter interrogating you and interviewing you because I'm just curious. And if I see dope people, I don't want to waste my time being like, we'll see each other when we see each other. It's like, no, when are we hanging? Do you want to build this? Yeah. I usually give them like, let me invite you to three things. Let me, let me initiate things three times to you. If you're not reciprocating me on a certain energy or showing intentionality for me back, then I, for whatever, it could not be 
it, 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 I totally understand if it's not personal. But for whatever reason it is, you're too overwhelmed with work. You're too, you already have a core friend group. You're not trying to invest in new deep friends. You're too introverted where you are just so bad at communication and you just go ghost 24-7 and go sorry all day long. Okay. At a certain point, it's just not going to work out. Like I only have yeah. energy for people who know how to reciprocate with me on an adult level who knows and willing to be intimate and intentional with their time with me. Yeah. And it's so refreshing to hear you say that. And I love that you use the word standards because I feel like in romantic contexts, everybody's like, where are your standards? Like you need to know your standards. You need right. to like, you can't, you can't uh negotiate your standards you know it's like yeah okay why do we only have that energy in romance right which is kind of the whole point of why we're even having this conversation because I think um I also have that standard in my friendships um I don't know Jazz I you know when we were drafting of this episode I don't know why this didn't come to mind sooner but like now we're sitting here having this conversation and the wheels are turning in my head <laughs> and I'm realizing like holy shit, I have been so freaking lucky in my friendships. Like I, mm. I'm like really sitting with it and I'm like, I don't even know what I can really contribute to this because that's just so not my experience. Like I think especially um, because I have, I have been friends with my closest friend for 14 years. Mm. And this is somebody who at this point I regard as like family and who has always had a very um, reciprocal relationship with me. I was going through an incredibly, incredibly difficult time in college. Um, this was around the time that you met me when I, you know, the shit I had going on in my life. Um, and I felt like lowest I'd ever been. She coordinated her, her cousin just so happened to be, was like going to be taking like a road trip, like up North she coordinated with her cousin to have her cousin make a stop in Santa Barbara and drop off like a, a uh, like a gift basket for me, basically with like, and it had like handwritten notes for me. And it was like uh, some comfort items and, and, you know, just like everything. Cause my friend was like living 200, 300 miles away from me. And there was really nothing that she could do to be there for me. So she found a way to still show up for me. And, and, and like, as I, as I sit here really thinking about it, I'm realizing I've always had friends who do that. I do think that maybe without knowing it, I also have a bit of a standard yeah. in my friendships. I think you definitely do for someone that young to intuitively know this is the type of help, like friendship that's healthy. This and is this, yeah, this, this is the type of effort that it takes mm. like just kind of going that like extra step for my friends like that's never something that I realized um yeah not everybody has but for yeah. me it's just it, it's just inherent like that's just who we are like we just do that for each other if I may I I definitely now that I'm really thinking about it I think this has something to do with the fact that me and all my friends are queer <laughs> yeah Dude, that changes everything. <laughs> I literally, I just like right now, it just clicked. I'm Wait, like having, I'm like, and then were they queer? Are they queer femmes? Yes. That's why. Yes. That's all fucking lesbian, queer, adjacent, 
story yeah. arc. That's like what's the probably the stereotype it's called with like lesbians just moving within a damn week. You hauling? Y'all become like platonic marriages within a week. We do. I would not be surprised. We do. We there do. were not many fucking queers out of my town, and we were. It was a really like very uh, uh, Asian American community that was like hard nine to fivers. Mm. Actually, that's not even a bad thing. I'm saying I'm such a black sheep and a hard like like I'm at my core a hippie, and so the people <laughs> around me growing up were like for as close as we can be i think the older we got and the more we formulated our identity i was like i don't relate to you all and like mm. you don't understand my struggle i i feel like you're pulling me back from letting me foster and grow mm. if this is what you know this is what you prefer when i want to be here yeah so it's not like they're they were bad people per se it was just like we were so different and our values were starting to separate in its own path i'm like you just drifted apart that's that's normal yeah yeah so yeah i i literally where's the kid it just clicked for me right now well you know the funny part is i mean i didn't come out until i was 18 um it took me a very long time to have that self-discovery and a lot of my other friends also didn't come out until late teens, you know, but we've been friends since we were like 12. Yeah. So it's funny how like we just kind of found each other. Like we kind of just like flocked to each other and we that created most queers though in childhood. Eh? From yeah. Just but in my adulthood, in my adulthood, I have made friends with I off the top of my head, I can think of three, you know, three friends that I have now who, yes, like we we were both we were all adults and we like already were in our identities and we knew that but these people who they're more maybe they would fall more in the casual friend thing even for casual friends we still show up for each other a lot and I think it's a I think definitely being queer has something to do with it and I think because queer fundamentally is already the culture is already innately let's tackle mainstream sense of things I mean that's literally in the definition of the word Right, yeah. and we're and we're also going through shit structurally. So let's just like bond better because we don't get it out in the world easily. So let's yeah. hold on to each other extra hard because we don't have, you know what it is? You don't have families easily to latch on to. So you become extra latchy to your friends because they are your built family. Like chosen family. Chosen family. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and I definitely. The world is like, I mean, I had a lot of queer friends too, but I. I mean, think about this some more. Because I had you know a lot what? of queer friends. There was a point yeah. in college, literally, I, I remember counting on my fingers. All my close friends at that time were queer, femmes, queer mass, and I was like the only straight bitch. Or like, that's a whole other book to unpack. Yeah. Straight uh, adjacent. What, what does that even mean these days, right? <laughs> <laughs> queer adjacent, straight queer adjacent person in the space. And I was like, this is so interesting. I am like, well, yeah, open, Jasmine, like, you know what it sounds person. like? I just realized, like, this just looks for me. This whole conversation we're having, we are having a conversation about queering friendships. Mm. And we are having a conversation about queering friendships. Queering um, friendships. Because I think, you know, this is yeah. something that, you know, you bring up, like, the hetero world, right? And although I don't know much about that, I do <laughs> know from what I see on, like, TikTok and stuff. And, uh, it seems like, especially with 
the existence of the nuclear family. Yeah. Once you settle down, like your, your whole life mission is to find a partner and then kind of, I don't want to say life mission, but the trajectory for most people, right. Is that you get a, you get a partner, either you get married or you're in a permanent partnership, a committed long-term partnership. And usually you either have a child or you get a pet or something in that realm of equivalency where you are creating a life with somebody and you start to center your whole world around that, especially when children enter the picture and it takes up, it consumes all of your time. So your life just becomes like work, kids, marriage. Um, and it consumes everything and, and friendships don't really have as much space because you just don't have the time, the capacity. Your and and we are, allow for it. your schedule literally can't allow for it, you know? So it's, we are, that's just kind of, how everything is. I remember I had a conversation with my mom. She does, has never really had close friends like this. She, in her, in her youth, she did. And like her closest friends are like the people she was friends with in childhood, but they don't talk very often, but, it, but you know, when they do catch up, it's like, they pick up right where they left off. But she was telling, I was telling her, I was like, if something happened with me and Kata, Kata's like my, my best friend of 14 years. I was like, if something happened and we fell out and we were not friends anymore, I would be heartbroken I was like I would grieve that like a relationship like I would be so shattered my mom looked at me like I was crazy and she was like why that's just <gasps> a friend and I was like that's I was just like, a friend I was like no like she my mom was like I can't imagine like getting all in my feelings over like a friend like that like life goes on but that's just kind of like who she is in general she's got that like very aloof to her kind of even an emotional coldness or yeah she oh that's not even the archetype she is like if if you looked up like hyper independence in the dictionary you would find like her first middle last name uh headshot photo ID. Image. <laughs> uh, uh you would see or her dictionary. address it would be literally like just like her essence like yeah. that that is just who that woman is like so hyper independent but she was just like i could not she could not wrap her mind around what I was describing, which was that, like, I was like, my friendships are so important to me. And yeah, like, and, and, you know, I even have an example of this. I had conflict with a friend who I, I love deeply, but I couldn't give them what they needed from me at that time. And so there was a bit of an ultimatum where, because I couldn't meet that, I had to let go of the friendship because they, they set that boundary with me and I respected that. And so then we weren't friends. Like, a year passes by and I deeply miss them. I was grieving that friendship. Like I was so, I literally felt like I went through a breakup. I was so fucking devastated. I was so sad. I was like, this is like, I, I, so interesting. I, I miss, like, I literally was like missing my friend. Like if I was going through a breakup, like it was like so painful. And a year, year and a half later, I reach out and I'm like, listen. And I just, I was, I just put my heart out on my sleeve and I was like, this is, how I couldn't show up for you then, how I want to show up for you now. I don't know if you think of me. I think of you. I really miss you. Can we have a conversation? Can we try to, you know, and, and they reached out to me and we settled it. And we, at that point we had already, we had developed better communication skills, better conflict resolution skills. And, and we came like, and and it was, Oh my God. Like, I I feel like my body having like a physical reaction right now. Like you you have like platonic, like, falling in love with these people that's 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 the intensity it sounds like it literally is I and and that's actually going to lead me to my next point is that like 
this friend now I was I, I literally just spent the night at their house Friday and we like got drunk together and we were just crying for like six hours together we were talking about like <laughs> we were so crying clear. we were like we were just like we were talking that about our childhood and like we were talking about like just so many different things and we were just crying and like we were just I had so much love pouring out of me and and it was like and and I tell them I was like I cherish you so much I was like I cannot even imagine like a life without you like <laughs> like things that I would say to like a romantic partner I'm like saying to a really good friend of mine and we were just like laughing like this is one of the friends that I would like share my news with you know but this is also a friend that like we talk like twice a month <laughs> but it's I'm like Mm-hmm. but but it's like when we but we have this it's just and we show up for each other and I and I shared this all with my mom and my mom was like what the fuck like she could not even begin to wrap her head around that and I definitely do think that me being queer colors how I I experience yeah. because I, th- I think the way you said it is totally right I, I am I am in love with my friends yeah yeah a little bit and I would never like sleep with them and I would never like I, like I'm not that kind of person where like I know a lot of queer people like sleep with their friends. That's not respect Ooh, to you. Lord. That's not college was like everybody sleeping oh with everybody. Yeah, like 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 I know queer people often fall in love with their friends and also sleep with their friends, and that's like they they are very much blurring the lines between that. That's never been my thing, but I totally respect it. Yeah. Um, but it is a platonic falling in love with these people. I have so much adoration, and I can tell you right now. And and I tell my friends every time their birthdays come around, I'm the bitch fucking at. 12 on the dot, sending them like three paragraph essay in the text message. Like, I love you for this reason, this reason, this reason, this reason. I admire you for this. You make me a better person in this way. And you do See, this. Like, I, I'm hearing you talk and I'm like, I'm realizing two things. I think a part of me might be attracting hyper independent people for a while. Mm. Second thing was I'm used to, I think, losing friends. And, and and having to find new friends. It's almost like I kind of went through a spiritual version of always moving cities. Or literally and figuratively, actually, because I've moved places a good amount of times too. <laughs> so when you have this transient feeling, you know, you know it's some of these friendships are going to be seasonal. You know that with distance and proximity that you... you it's hard to maintain a long distance friendship. So a lot, even mm-hmm. a lot of my closest friends right now, I talk to them like max four times a year, maybe just because yeah. they're also just so busy. And then I, especially You're literally college, like states right? away, especially in college years, I was and time zones also, <laughs> especially in college years, I was, I think, a, attracted to or I would attract hyper-independent people or workaholics specifically mm. and I think that was our friendship with you is like once our our need to work together ended it was like where are you and a lot of my friends in college were like that it was you were a part of my work schedule you were part of my lifestyle and we happened to bond in it but once I'm not part of your schedule you're it's very 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 hard for you to maintain or find any time to hang with me to deepen our friendship or have capacity to deepen our friendship or, or give it that standard. So it's like going back to what I was saying earlier, it was like I had deep dynamics and deep connections with people, but a lot of these people literally had no capacity to give me, you know? Um, so that and, and the independent kind of people I come across is like 
most of people don't aren't like code I think I'm also turned off by hyper codependent people from childhood I had extremely I was like damn near people's mothers and caretakers for some of these childhood friends like it was really Jesus like honestly a little traumatic for some of them so it might also be a trauma thing where it's like I, I don't do well with codependent people like I need to know you have a certain level of independence you have a certain level of knowing how to manage your own emotions I'll be there to support you in going through hard times but like I'm not going to be at your hand and feet unpacking every damn text of this person mm -hmm. every mm -hmm. damn day mm -hmm. uh, no <laughs> so you know with that it's like there's less oh excuse is the right word that's not the right word our rhythm of friendship because we're both more independent people we don't need as much constant contact to to prove our friendship yes does that make sense so naturally i don't hang with you as much or i don't engage with you as much but i think and, that, and that's that's so there's a certain distance feeling where it's like i know you're there for me you support me but a lot of people you don't know my ins and outs of my everyday life for me to just come to you and like here here's what i'm going through or the appreciation dwindles because I'm not part of your everyday world anymore. You for, you forget about each other sometimes because we're both in our own worlds, doing our own work, talking to our people, trying to build or whatever in our current space and time to, to, to remember these people. I think that's normal. Yeah. I think I, I, yeah, I, I can relate to that also. I mean, like you said, right, that was our dynamic for a little while. Yeah. And I think it it's just earlier I said how this whole slipping into like the self-made mindset, hyper-individualistic mindset is a little unavoidable, inescapable in our society as young professionals. I think- At least in America. And that, well, that's a Other context. Countries? So we're, we're, we're always going to be talking about this in, in an American context because that's just our lived experience, right? Yeah. Uh, I think it's similarly a little- inescapable and inevitable that we will slip into these cycles of like neglecting our friendships because we literally live in a society that kind of facilitates that and and like limits our to survive literally facilitates like a culture of like hyper independence we're struggling to survive we're all trying like like there is no real room in our lives for friendship it is something that you have to be so fucking intentional about and I have been guilty of this I know I I speak of my friendships very like idealistically right now but I've definitely been very guilty of neglecting them for months <laughs> and 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 like I I sometimes years yeah if we're being real if we're being real you know uh but damn I think this past 2022 Mm -hmm. I realized how important friendships are to me. 2022, by the second half of it, was one of the best years of my life um, in the sense of like I, my, my, my internal peace and happiness. And I realized that it's because I spent a lot of time getting centered with myself and then pouring that shit in all of my friendships. Mm -hmm. And Dang. it was that it was that investment in myself and my friendships that literally like leveled up my life because we are talking we're talking about reciprocity right now right we're talking about like pouring into each other's cups friendships not being one sided that's what we mean by like queering yeah. friendship queering friendship is like falling in love with your friends platonically that platonic intimacy and yeah. it's this concerted effort 
to be friends and to maintain that relationship the same way that you have to maintain a romantic partnership um also with the intention it's a space of give it's attention of giving versus the intention of so i can get what i want later yes it's it's selflessness there's some selflessness Selflessness to it Mm -hmm. the servitude and the selflessness to it yes yes i completely agree and i realized the, the the latter half of 2022 holy shit if I just invest in my friendships like this mm-hmm. and I I can build a really beautiful community for myself mm-hmm. I can build a really beautiful life for myself because I was happy like I mean I I, I not now just back <laughs> well like I know I realized that I was speaking, I was speaking very like past tense <laughs> I think the difference between the way that I used to be a friend to people, which was still, especially from what I just expressed to you, was still kind of going above and beyond from what other people. It was still level eight. It was still, it was still, yeah. (laughs) It was still pretty up there. Yeah, center medium, plus three. The difference between between how I used to be a friend versus how I'm a friend now um, and the way the positive impact that that has had on my life, right, is my intentionality behind it. The way that I pour into myself so that I can pour into others. And the way that I'm very intentional about, like, I want to express my love, care, and commitment because I'm very committed to my friends. I want to express all this to these people from a place of, of service and selflessness. Mm-hmm. Um, and life, right? Like, I, I was speaking about, like, oh, I was so happy, like, the second half of 2022. And I, I was speaking in the very past tense uh, phrasing because, you know, life is, like, cyclical and we'll have the good times and the bad times I know that I've evolved because in the bad times this shit used to knock me on my ass for months maybe even years when I was like in my late teens early 20s and I would like it would I would be dysregulated for ages it felt like and I was like grasping at straws like how do I how do I pull myself Mm. out of this I don't know what to do I don't know what to do I recently January 2023 has not been the easiest for my mental health but I have been able every time to kind of like return to like at the very least like maybe I'm not like great but I'm like I'm able to find like a steady rhythm and and like a normalcy within like a couple of days or like a week because I know what steps I need to take to regulate like I literally learned how to like regulate myself and friendships Investing in my friendships like this is a critical component of my emotional and spiritual regulation because relationships are something that just makes human, it it makes being human beautiful. Mm -hmm. And whether that's romantic, familial, platonic, even like a short connection you make with somebody on the fucking bus could be something that deeply impacts you it is through relating to others that we build a happy life and even if you're like in the midst of a fucking like awful depression and 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 you're really struggling to regulate yourself out of it it is Mm -hmm. through reaching towards connection that i have found i can regulate myself back to at least a state of like neutrality where then i can attempt to raise myself up to a level of like joy and that's literally how I pulled myself out of like 
that really rough first half I had of like 2022 into this really beautiful half of 22, uh, second half, this really beautiful second half of 2022. And it's the same way that I'm pulling myself out of this rut I've kind mm. of been in this January. It is through you and I having like a fucking four hour Zoom call on Friday. I'm literally, that took literally all of humanity. <laughs> literally, like, like it was like a four or five hour Zoom call. It's through reaching towards connection that I am able to pull myself out of my like depression and build a happy life for myself yeah. and literally queering friendships, platonic intimacy, platonic romance, because that's a thing, yeah. platonic romance, right? Like that is, I think, the key to yeah. my happiness, at least. Right. Something you said earlier about having clear standards in relationships, but we don't have it in friendships. I thought about it. I was like, you know what it is? It's it's that relationship is a label. It's very clear. Mm. Facebook status change. We're in a relationship. You know, it's it's such yeah. a everything before it is like, what the fuck is this? Is it a hookup? Is it a fuck buddy? Is it a casual thing? Is it a situationship? Was it a long term situationship? Short term situationship? Meaningful life partners, but don't want to label like everything mm. up to that point is the thing that we struggle with that people have such a hard time getting to the relationship label. Not to say we need a, the, the label, but I'm saying is until we get the label, people have a hard time processing what is the level of meaningfulness in this. I can't mm. really understand and assume the depth and breadth of this dynamic you two have, multiple people have, until I get a label. Label, relationship, I can imply certain things. And there's more nuance to what type of relationship and how yeah like you you cross a threshold and then you you there are scripts for how to behave within right. those like right. yes and mm -hmm. yes some relationships are for you know a good time for a year chapter some of them are for a lifelong that's more nuanced and so in friendship it's it's the feeling of i met you so we're an actual relationship there's no clear definition of how to be a friend there's no clear standard on how to be a friend. There's a there's infinite possibility range. Are we friends as coworkers? Are we friends yeah. as you know party yeah. friends? Are we because you know when you create a spaces you share same spaces. In a way, a lot of these dance people I come across in the same spaces are my quote unquote colleagues. Colleagues, Jesus Christ, colleagues. <laughs> yes. <laughs> a little. Um, are we casual good friends? Are we good friends, but we have different values? So, so if there's a ceiling to our quote unquote good close friendsness, mm -hmm. are we at the depth of close friends now, where it's a lifelong thing? Like, are we here through thick and thin? You got cancer, you got broken up relationship, you have a divorce, you have kids. I'm your aunt. I'm your caretaker. I'm gonna drive you here and there if if shit happens to you. Type of level. Like, where is this? And so, because mm -hmm. we don't have that clear standard on it there's a lot of people that take advantage of each other or undervalue each other or underappreciate mm. each other and we don't know how to communicate what type of friendship do you want and not to say that every single friendship conversation needs to be like a hi what do you imagine our dynamic to be like right there's this there's a certain flow that comes with friendships obviously but at a certain point if you do see each other being more meaningful parts of your life, I think there's a there's a part we're missing where there needs to be a certain communication of, hey, 
I see you as a friend, just the sheer fact of vocalizing. <laughs> I want to be friends. I see us being close friends. Thank you for being in my life. Or you mean this to me. Or I appreciate for this. This is where I see us in our pyramid of friendship tiers. Yeah. There's no discussion. So there. So then, I might be your your eighth on the list as of of not to say we should rank, but just just to big, give a picture. I might be eighth on the ranking of your level of close friends list. Still in the close friends list, but I'm eighth in line. I might be invited to your wedding, but we're not sure. But I'm here thinking you're my number one best friend. I love you. We're each other's bestest bestest mm, friend. That you is so are common. Made, you are my maid of honor. Girl, and you're that like, is so no, 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 bitch. Right? And it's people and it's, regard each other at different levels of friendship, right. and like there's, and there's a discussion. There. Yeah. And and not to say we have to expect each other to be at the same level, but there's a transparency of this is where I am mm -hmm. with you, this is where you are with me. Yeah. Can we appreciate each other for that different level, or? Yes how if we want it to be at the same level what would we have to do what are we missing to work our way up so there's still a certain courtship that happens in friendship that does exist we just don't know how to articulate it or, or let it yeah. be normalized to talk yeah. about it that's and that's where my aggressiveness comes in that i'm like so mm -hmm. sir i came at you three times invited you did you want to hang or not yeah and I'm, I'm not even offended just just let me know should i keep texting you should i it takes literal time and energy to text you and think about you and invite yeah. you to you. Yeah. Let me know. Do I need energy to pour into you? Because I got other options here. I have, I'm a great spirit. I can find me some other great spirits. Mm -hmm. Just let me know if you want to be part of the bandwagon or not. You know, and 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 think another layer that that we are often missing is. What's, what, what makes that easy over romanticizing to relationships is the lack of touch. We're so starved, like that there's that angle of intimacy that I think we should have even addressed in the early part of our episode was when we think of intimacy, there's a jump to sex. There's a jump to some sort of sensual sexual touch. And part of it is, is giving it a wider definition or or sub definitions of what intimacy actually can look like because we're in a time especially with consent culture we don't really touch each other it's a hyper um are you okay if we do this you know not to say that consent is about that we shouldn't have consent please do but it's it's intensified the lack of touch in our our peers now so the only source you really can get it is relationship so then a lot of times people are like hyper fixated trying to get a relationship just so they can literally be touched sexually or non-sexually and you don't know how to have that with platonically because it's not normalized so there's also another conversation of how do we create friendships where touch is okay there's a there's a, a, a amongst you and your friend discuss what type of touch is okay and not okay mm -hmm. some people are okay with being picked up all day i don't like being picked up too much you know but bear hug me or who who which friends can I feel comfortable platonically cuddling with and what does that color yeah. even look like mm -hmm. some cultures handhold platonically it's just a brotherly thing some people you know side kisses like there's 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 so much there's like over amounts of fluidity in the definition of friendship but also like hyper restrictive um allowance for physical touch 
so that this this two polarizing dynamics it's like people want to just go to relationships to get all their needs met and i'm like you can't get all your needs met in a relationship either oh no and, and i think I mean? it's detrimental to the relationship because i've been there where you you think right. one person can uh, fulfill all your needs that is like actually like you're on you're on track to like a failed relationship if you think that's the case right. <laughs> but it's thank you for bringing up mm -hmm. uh intimacy and broadening our definition of what that looks like um in a physical sense because I also think this is where me being queer and having like 97 percent of my friendships be like with other like queer people it, you know whether yeah. they're queer femmes um or not like they are queer is is that I do experience that plus like my friends and I like I shit you not so we have a, a group chat called like girls gays and theys um <laughs> That's already and, a podcast name. That's hilarious. And they were like, we've been trying to link up forever, right? And and then my friend Jupy's like, we should just sit in Discord and kiss. And I couldn't, I couldn't get on the Discord. Like I couldn't make that phone call. So I sent them like a meme. Here I can like just show the screen. I, I shared them, I showed them this meme, which is like telepathically like sending my love. <laughs> I was like, I was like, I'm telepathically sending you all of my affection. And then and, uh, we always joke where like Jupy for their birthday was like, I just want everybody to give me a kiss for my birthday. And like Jupy and like hold hands with a lot of our friends very platonically. Like they hold hands, they hug, they cuddle. My friend Marco and I, uh, people often, oh my God, Marco and I are so close with each other um, that people have assumed that we're sleeping together. Oh, I'm a lesbian. <laughs> people have literally assumed that yeah. we are like uh like we're hooking up because he and I our boundaries like like we will like be arm in arm I'll literally like he'll carry me we'll jump on each other he rests his head on my shoulder like yeah I do think being in these queer friendships does also blur the line a little bit of what separate dance of how do you what, manage it all what platonic intimacy Ah, but that is where another thing that I think we're talking about queering friendships and, and, and intimacy and broadening and queering in the sense of like deviating from the large dominating Extreme. structure, the what is structures that control and, and dominate kind of in, in culture. Different society. sectors. Yeah. Yeah. In different sectors, hyper-independence very much dominates in our culture i think being americans americans we don't really touch in some non-western spaces you know intimacy like that is more normalized but it's just that's not our culture in america so that's also kind of this like dominating structure of just like lack of intimacy you're talking about consent culture also kind of being a positive thing but definitely kind of contributing to that like weirdness around like touch and like can I do this? Can I not? And because we have this culture, but then we're not facilitating like education on how to communicate to like communication is also a really big part of this. My friends and I can do that because we communicate with each other of like what's cool, what's not cool. And we have yeah. these like really long conversations in the middle of the night where we're like, oh, well, you know, you can do this, but you can't do that. And I have another friend who is currently trying to have a friendship with one of their exes. And they're but it, it, like like a really long ago ex, so like enough time has passed where they can have these types of conversations. And this friend is telling their ex, 
these are my standards for friendships. And this is like literally communicating to their ex. If you want to be my friend, if you want me to be in your life, this is what I want it to look like. I want you to invite me to these things because I want to feel like, like I want I had that to, conversation with my exes. I want to feel like okay. you want me to be a part of your life. And after this friend shared this with me, I thought, hmm, maybe I can do more of that for you too. You know? And so I was like, hey, uh, this person I'm seeing is having this like show in this city near you why don't you come with me and like, it can like, like you can join me and we can have some drinks at the bar and like have a good time together and you and see some live music, you know? Um, and, and I was like, I would love to see you there. I would love if you brought, you know, your ex that you're trying to be friends with, because I feel like I could model for him how I want you to show up in my life and how I, I try to make you feel included in my life because I, I love you and I want you here, you know, um, like wanting to feel desired in someone's life. Queer friendships though, I feel like, obviously queer meaning, you know, deviating from this like dominating way things are serve as like a model for everything that we're discussing we want. But more so than that, I do think queer people tend to kind of just, I don't want to overgeneralize. I know that this is not every queer person, but I do think that queer people, given the, the way that our trauma shapes us, do seek out like therapy a lot more frequently and like seek out self-help a lot more frequently, seek out healing resources a lot more frequently and seek out resources to learn how to communicate more frequently because that's kind of just like a part of like healing is like learning how to communicate. So I think that's why my queer friendships have all this platonic intimacy, like physical intimacy. Um, it's because like we all are kind of like, we've put in the work to learn how to communicate these things. And literally the missing puzzle piece, it sounds like from what you're describing, from what you want and the gap you feel exists to get there is a com it's, it's all communication. Mm -hmm. Being an aggressive friend, what's, what, what is being an aggressive friend? Oh, a good communicator that makes you an aggressive friend. Uh, yes. setting, standards <laughs> for, setting standards for friendship. What does that require? You being a good communicator. Uh, being transparent with somebody about this is the level of friendship that I have you on and where do you have me and are we okay with them being different and I like, like these these types of conversations you know I, I yes there is communication and definitely that's like the me 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 but I also think on a more cultural level is you can be a great community as a person but I think there needs to be an extra layer as culturally structurally there needs to be more normalization Yes. of communicating and and a general standard at least what close friends can look like yes that's Doesn't exactly have to ah, be thank definitively, you thank you but at least like yes because if someone says if someone says i'm 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 getting married and I haven't had sex yet with that person. For some peep spaces, it's like, what the fuck? You didn't want to test out sex before marriage? Like, you're spending your whole life with this person? Mm -hmm. There's a certain subsect that see that as not normal. It's a, it's a choice, and you communicate that with your partner. And so you did communicate it, but it's not normal. Whereas other parts of cultures, it's, they're a little more conservative. This is the way to go. Let's be sacred until the ring is on our finger. 
mm-hmm. but there's an understanding on a cultural level of what is happening. And I think we're missing that piece too when it comes to friendships. It makes me think a lot of our media is just, is, mm. it's, it's, you know what it is? I don't even know what it is. To add to the damn thing, I think as a last piece, you can't easily show healthy friendships in media, or at least that's been the angle for a lot of the exec heads in the media is that to have good storytelling you need conflict so if you're gonna do character arc based storylines there needs to be some kind of dysfunctional or conflict thing happening to to move the story forward especially from a creative perspective i i understand their their direction the need for like there needs to be a trauma factor there needs to be a Mm -hmm. conflict factor but the off the consequence of that is you're you're highlighting dysfunction and toxicity and perpetuating Mm -hmm. stereotypes and immature ways of doing things and like i think we're now just getting into the space where there's enough platforms for people to provide nuance and show what realistic friendships and romance can look like like. independent media right like insecure Mm -hmm. there was a whole like bunch of video essays unpacking the way she unpacked relationships and how tough it can be to manage adult relationships and the nuance they go through in their coming of ages with the job opportunity and parenthood and you know what type of man do you want in your life what type of blah 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 blah. there's a realism to it. it's conflict but it's showing it from a place of realistic type of people this is something a realistic black person will go through in this certain age bracket and a realistic black woman to go through versus like trope 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 all day you know what i mean yeah no i i i do think you're absolutely right that we do need more models of this to normalize not only to like give people the tools but also normalize it in our culture uh because i think just referencing that conversation i had with my mom you're totally right like yeah. I, I expressed the way that i experienced friendship and she was like what the hell you know <laughs> yeah um which could be a generational thing too it's like you're not afforded that in that time and space. It's a lot more survival mentality in that space. So we get to have the breath to be. I think, I think uh, it's a lot of different depends. factors. I think, I think it's a lot. I think, I think it literally is like. I need more time to think about that one. Yeah. Where your intersection, like what your lived experience, like where your country yeah. of origin, your cultural context, your age, et cetera, et cetera, can also yeah. really color. Yeah your perspective on those things you know we need a part two (laughs) i think honestly i think think this is going to require a part two i think there was a lot that we unpacked here but i think the the takeaway at least on my end that i kind of want to just put a button on this and like this is like put a pretty bow on it because i know we were kind of all over the place a little is at least for me this conversation illuminated that i think my queerness and my queer friendships are the reason that i have experienced friendship the way that i have thus far which I'm, I feel very grateful now that well, I always have, but especially in this moment that I've experienced friendship in such a healthy way that a lot of people maybe don't relate to because they haven't had that yet. You know, however, I think through what you're saying about normalizing it in our society and media being an avenue through which we can cause more widespread normal normalization of this. I also think queer people can serve as models and like, 
I don't want to say trendsetters, but the word is like escaping me, you know, <laughs> for uh, to to making this a normalized thing because this is yeah. already our normal. This is already right. our normal because normal is, is subjective, right? What you're saying is you want it to be like more the dominating uh, consensus. Yeah, you know. Yeah, uh, and and I think for some of us it already is, and 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 if there's something to be learned in that because mm-hmm. I I think literally our lives this is the but the bow now i think if we invest in our friendships with as much intention and openness as we try to connect with people in our romantic partnerships we will live a more fulfilled life we will have more avenues for support it will take the strain off of our romantic partners feeling like they need to give us everything we will find more satisfaction more joy and I I really do think in my experience that has been the key to helping learn more about myself helping regulate myself and ultimately becoming a more overall happy person and that's something that's so important to me Mm-hmm. I agree with all that to the nines. Like, I'm actually break. gonna send some texts out after <laughs> this, and I'm gonna go eat lunch, and I'm gonna send some texts out to some people that I haven't reached out to in a minute. Yeah, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna go. Uh... Actually, Jazz, this this kind of gave me some some food for thought, and I feel like for you know, as we're closing out, I'll give you a chance to add your pretty bow if you'd like to. But for tea time, I I feel like I I would really like to just kind of share space and express some love to you for tea time. Oh, we we already have so much love. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) I just think it feels it feels like that's like kind of like what I feel inclined to do right now. It feels appropriate for the episode and everything. And I think it'll be fitting. Yeah. Um, But I'll, I'll give you an opportunity now to add your pretty bow and wrap things up. Okay. With your you kind of summarize all of it, to be honest. Um, I think my only added notes for that, yours and is is giving more defined friendships and the intentionality mm-hmm. that comes with it. And I think allowing myself to be touched more by friends and initiating touch more. I think I'm very only comfortable touching relationships touching a lot I'm, I'm only really touchy when I'm in relationships and when people initiate touch to me mm. like it takes very affectionate kind of people to be touchy with me for for me to be like oh okay this is a rhythm because I think I it's a whole part two to unpack but quick snippet is just I think I am very careful about not giving the wrong implications to people like I'm a lot more warm and affectionate physically to women naturally, even if they're queer or not, because we understand this doesn't mean anything beyond this moment of affection. You can figure out later if I'm queer or not, if I'm into or not, but this moment right now, we're still appreciating it as what it is. This is an affection from you. Where I think in heterodynamics, if they're not involved, emotionally intelligent person or emotionally intelligent man, and they're hetero that they they take it automatically like I'm in, she's into me. Let me let me try to make moves. I'm like that's not what this is. 
And so I, I, I tend to keep things very platonic and I show warmth through my expressions and I'm like, oh my God, hi. but I'm like, okay. got to go, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. so it's real. I feel like I, I we should have a little jingle to transition us in a tea time. Like, like yes, it should be should. like a, a kettle, a kettle like going on or something. Can you like imagine that? just like like on some like pitch perfect shit. Here, oh. here. If you bust it out into the pitch perfect cup song, I'd be I, so impressed I've right never, now. I've never, I've never watched the two films <laughs> to this day. Jasmine, <laughs> I'm a fake. You are a fake. You are a fake. Bit. Listen, I'm. I'm very, I, I, I'm very adjacent to the theater choir world, but clearly not very in that world. I'm. You're. You have a beautiful voice too, which is so funny. Thank you. You're a good singer. Thank you. We can do some karaoke for these audience. <laughs> <laughs> so ASMR. Hello. Welcome to the song session. Oh, tap, 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 tap. Anyway, this is our transition into tea time. <laughs> God. Yes. And then so for tea time, you know, in this episode, we talked about, you know, independent media and queer people being able to set off a movement where we normalize platonic intimacy and, and just more intentional friendship courting. And, you know, Jasmine and I, I think, I think this would be a good time for us to walk the walk, so to speak. Val, oh, Val, my fave. Five, thoughtfulness, intentionality, sass, the traits I appreciate. Give me life and wholeness. <laughs> you can so tell this is like on the spot. Like, I really put you on the spot with this. That was beautiful, Jasmine. Thank you. Watch you edit it and it go. Locally, you should do that just the same time. I should. And then keep this part in and we'll let you know. Val just went. Just cut all the pauses in between everywhere. So it's a fluid <laughs> rap yeah. song, rap haiku, poet, literally poet, lyric lyric haiku for you. Well, now I feel like I'm on the spot because I do write lyrics, but I not usually You're not like pressured this. for a haiku. If you want to do okay. a prose I'm not, style, I'm not. I'm not going to do haiku. It'll definitely be more prose, but I, I'm I'm limiting myself to four lines. Okay, I'll also snip the air out of this one. So, <laughs> Jasmine, hi, a force. To be reckoned with the grace of a wave and the power of a tsunami. My heart settles in rhythm as I witness the sunlight glimmer on the ocean of you. Oh, oh, lyricist. A poet. That was like, I don't know. I feel like the ocean really reminds well, me of you. So that's why I tried to go with that metaphor, but it was really? obviously not. It was, it was because I, because I think that's true is that you're, you are some, like you, you have this because you're somebody that's not afraid to go into the depths of things and the unknown. And that's just so much of what the ocean represents for me. So interesting. And you are somebody that can be this like force, but you also have this ability to be so gentle, you know, and I call and, it sweet and, and spicy. Yeah. People always say I'm very grounded so like waves to me imply flowy and i'm like people don't always associate me with flow flow was a very trained thing in me Mm. i'm usually the kind of energy me too it's fascinating that you associate with wave but i appreciate the 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 love letter that was so much better than mine and i love it (laughs) well we're gonna we're gonna cut that we're gonna definitely clip it up both of ours up to make them quick and it's gonna i can't give you movement 
I think our next question is emojis, right? I have to open yes. up my favorite emoji. What's my most used? Let's go on our bippity bappity boo. My f- most frequently used emoji is the skull. Because I'm always really? dying. I'm always dying laughing. You in this new generation of, of usage. I learned. But I just texted <laughs> it to you. The, it to I sent it to you. It the really three schools. Because <laughs> <laughs> I learned somewhere. I found an article or a post that said young people don't use uh, laugh face anymore. They use dead. Like the skull to laugh. I'm like, yeah, wow, like like ha ha ha. I'm so dead. Difference. I can't. I also use. I also use the laughing emoji. I use both. I use the laugh more than I use the skull. And then, um, when when we were growing up, I was we were saying dead ass. So it's interesting. To see I grew that up saying dead ass. That to this is like fascinating. Okay, I my also, emoji. I also grew up saying dead ass. What's your most used emoji? You have to text it to me. So how do you know what's the most? It's it's like the top top left. My angel, your an- angel's your most used. I don't think it's most used. I think just I just this week the algorithm has decided because I do laugh and pray I guess a lot and my I do upside down smile a lot. Why do That's you pray sure. so much? <laughs> <laughs> that sounds crazy out of context. Why do you pray so much, Val? <laughs> and that's the end of the episode. Oh, right there. There you go. Thanks for watching a whole nother episode of Valent Jazz. This week's on friendships. I'm living <laughs> nuanced. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Living Nuanced, where we share our thoughts on healing, creativity, and being human. We release new episodes on the 1st and 15th of every month. Until then, you can find us on all social media platforms at Living Nuanced. Thank you for tuning in. Catch you next time.